Uh, welcome to Thrivecast, a community co- podcast series where we are meeting with growth and engineering leaders. Uh, our today's topic is customer journey optimization and to discuss the whys, the what's and how's of the customer journey. We have Audrey Melnick with us. Uh, Audrey, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Nice to be here. Audrey, you're one of those who's doing a lot of things all at the same time. Um, you've had a storied career. You've done startups. Uh, earlier, you were also featured in the future of SaaS, the ones to watch in 2023. I think that's the, that's the Figma, um, you know, Figma nominations. You're also now a founder for the growth advisory company, Unlocking Growth. Could you take a moment to tell us about your career journey? What was your motivation to get into the domain of growth? Uh, so, yeah, I founded um, a couple of startups um, a few years back. Um, one was in the B2C space and one was in the B2B space and that was a, the B2B company was a SaaS company. And um, I've actually been a software engineer myself, So, but for those companies I was the founder and the CEO, so I wasn't a software engineer. And... Um, Back even back then, there wasn't really this concept of growth. There was this concept of funnel hacking. Um, oh, that's yeah, remember that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so my my challenge that I had with um, my second company, the SaaS company, was that I wanted to. I wanted to create the right kind of onboarding experience and engagement experience for users who were signing up for this SaaS tool. And I was constantly having to go back to my developer to implement those changes. So when I wanted to implement that, I was competing with everything else that was already in the developer backlog. Um, And that was really frustrating for me because I wanted to move fast and I wanted to be agile, but... I, I couldn't. Um, and so when I stopped working on that startup and I actually decided to go back to my roots from earlier in my career, which is actually consulting, but not doing IT consulting, which is what I was doing earlier, but doing um, consulting with startups on the customer journey, Um I wanted to solve, I basically wanted to solve the problems that I'd experienced in these companies. And I saw others, lots of other startups experiencing, um, which is really just that this inability to move fast because you're constrained by your developer resources. So I wanted to find ways to remove some tasks from the, that were kind of in the developer's domain and give them back because I felt like this was business rules and business logic and I wanted to give them back and empower the non-technical team members to own that journey. Um, and, And back in those days, there were all these things called funnel hacks and ways to kind of improve conversions and all of those things. So originally it was kind of, it sat a little bit alongside it, but it wasn't, the same thing as a funnel hack because why I saw a funnel hack was, you know, if you think about like what Airbnb did in the early days with scraping things off, um, mm-hmm. scraping things off Craigslist, um, that's something that's not a sustainable growth strategy. So it was considered a hack. 
but I wanted to implement something that was actually sustainable and have a methodology around this that was a sustainable uh, approach to growth. Um, so, so that was kind of the genesis of um, the methodology that I developed, which is called customer journey optimization. And interestingly, then what happened was this company came along, this VC firm came along and put a, a name to what, um, what I was actually doing, which was called product-led growth. So, um, so that's kind of the genesis of how I got here. You know, it's beautiful. You can always blame the developers. They're always in the way, aren't they? <laughs> um, well, I, like I think saying that that it's not that they're bad at their job. It's just that they're like, oh, just kidding. <laughs> so it, it's funny how the VCs uh, and you know, I think uh, maybe in the previous world, at least in the enterprise world, uh, the likes of Gartner or Forrester would coin a name. These days, it's the VCs which are forming the names. Like OpenView got the PLG name. I think this one of the VC got, you know, the customer journey. Uh, there's another VC which call it as the PLG CRM. So they are starting to recategorize this entire space. Uh, interesting, interesting story, you know, uh, Audrey. Uh, could you tell maybe, you know, just as a primer, what to, what is customer journey optimization? Maybe let's start with what is the customer journey and why is that important? Okay, so. Customer journey optimization is the methodology that I've developed to, and it has a whole number of different facets to it, but really it's the approach to um, think about the journey um, in a methodical way. Um, we actually have, as part of that, we have what we call a customer funnel, which if you think about it, it's kind of an expanded pirate metrics funnel, but it's eight stages. So it's discovery, mm -hmm familiarity, trial, support, purchase, upsell, retain, and refer. Um, and each of those stages has a goal and a set of tools and practices that we leverage for that stage. And we typically like when we work with clients to focus around the middle of the funnel. Um, and you ask, well, why not the top? And the reason for that is because you can put up, pay a whole lot of money, get some Google and Facebook ads and put, flush a whole lot of leads into the top of your funnel. But if you're not converting them further down, then you're just wasting all your hard raised venture money, right? <laughs> or even your own bootstrap money. Um, and so it's really important to get the, the middle of the funnel right and your engine right before you... Um, flush a whole lot of money into it to, to see if it, um, to see if it works. Um, so um, the core of what we do is really around that trial and onboarding stage. Um, and as well as um, having in, and, and paired up with the right pricing strategy and subscription billing implementation. If, if you have a SaaS tool, this works actually for any business we work with, hardware businesses, we've heard with, worked with marketplaces, we've worked with fintechs. Um, but if you do have a SaaS business, this is also like a great approach um, for your company. Um, so, so customer journey optimization is that funnel. It's also um, a set of principles. And so when we think about the developer, we're like, well, we should not distract the developer. The developer should be focusing on the core product, not on converting the customer. Who should be focused on converting the customer? Well, 
your marketing and your product and your customer success people. So if we can start to like carve some of that stuff out, then we're actually empowering those non-technical team members to experiment and iterate on the customer journey, but without developer involvement. And the other piece of it is the right tools, right? You've got to have the right tools to enable that piece to happen. So we usually um, define a data schema of like what's happening in your app and then pushing that into the right tools via various means. It could be through a customer data platform. It could be through reverse ETL. But really what you want to do is you want to have tools like, like a, a marketing automation tool, a product analytics tool, potentially an in-product activation tool, um, and you might also want your CRM connected. Um, and then there's that new category that you referenced, which is that PLG CRM. So. Yeah, so um, maybe um, I'm trying to rewind this a little bit. Uh, so I, I think as you mentioned about, this is all about the journey and, you know, signups don't uh, give you all the brownie points, but the activation or the, or the middle part of the journey that matters more. Um, you know, could you tell a little more about, you know, as as these startups, uh, as you work with these startups, you know, there are, you have many, many customers around the world. Uh, and by the way, you know, for, for the audience, Audrey, uh, you know, comes from Australia and she's got customers across. Uh, she and her uh, founder, you know, teams have customers across all the all the world. Uh, and typically they are, they are the size of maybe they are just beyond their MVP phase. Is that right? And that's when they uh, they reach out to you seeking help around how to build this. Would that, would that be right to say? We have customers kind of at every stage. Um, we do have customers that say we want to get that are second time founders that are like, we want to get this right from day dot. So we're going to engage you even though we're not even launched yet. Um, okay. Because they know the importance of having the right analytics in place and the, the right tool stack in place from, from the beginning. Um, but uh, where we are most beneficial is post um, product market fit. And, and typically that's post series A uh, or series A plus uh, because you've already figured out what works. You figured out what, how that journey works. And now you've got to figure out a way to implement it in a scalable manner. And that's how we can come and come in and help on that front. Um, but yeah, in terms of like thinking about the journey, it's funny, like if I think back to my first um, SaaS startup where I was like, people are just going to sign up and they're just going to get it and, and I'm going to be a gazillionaire and it's going to be so good. And what you realise is people sign up and they've got nowhere, they don't have any idea where they're meant to go in your tool and and you don't have a concept of like what is going to necessarily give them that the aha moment and the po point of, of, of value, right? So if you think about Facebook, um, Facebook defines their initial value point as adding one friend and their activation point as adding seven friends in 10 days. So we like to work through that kind of approach with our companies. Like what is initial value? And initial value has to be reached in that first session because otherwise they're not coming back. We, we live in an attention economy. 
people have forgotten if they haven't gotten their little piece of value from your product they've forgotten you the next day um so so you want to kind of get to that initial value but then you want to like continue to give them points of value that extend their curiosity runway to enough to get to that activation point uh, so I'm, I'm imagining you're sitting down with uh, the customers and uh, you're advising them about all these moments, the activation moments, the setup moments, the aha moments. What's the initial reaction? You know, maybe you know, um, taking a few steps back, how do you approach uh, as they're as the startups are working with you? Uh, what are the primary pain points that you have to go and advise them that hey, there are these moments that you have to capture? And I'm guessing, you know, in, in your, uh, in all the, the consulting and the advisory conversation that you have, you probably had to sit down and understand their business and understand these movements and advise them back, right? So could you tell me a process of how do you go about doing it and what are they thinking, why they're not able to do that by themselves? Uh, or for that matter, I think you mentioned about the data part, collecting the data, analyzing the data, that's also important. Uh, could you touch upon these areas on how do they define these moments? How do they capture them? How do they analyze them? Uh, and how does this framework, the customer journey optimization framework, help them in, in each of these processes? Okay, so I think um, we have customers coming to us with different challenges. Um, so we might have customers that are product-led from the beginning but they're not getting enough conversions. So they know that. Uh, and so in that situation, we can say, well, we need to track everything first. We need to know where things, where things, where these, these journeys are dropping off. Without the analytics around that, you don't know where to focus. Um, and once you know where the biggest drop-offs are, that's the point where you can say, okay, because what we want to do is enable experimentation. Not every experiment is going to work, um, but you want to be like, okay, my hypothesis for why this is dropping off at this point is X. My potential experiments for that X point is A, B, and C. And then you can then implement that. But the key is like, if that those experiments require you to go back to your developer to make those changes, you are slowing down the velocity velocity of your company and you might not get to it for three months. Well, how useful is this is an experiment if you can't learn from it in a rapid manner? Like you'll just be waiting and you'll be running out of all your money um, pretty quickly. Um, another type of customer that we get is one that's already solved um, their product market fit at the enterprise level and they've got a sales-led motion in place. They've got sales teams, they do demos, all of that. And then like, they say, well, we would really like to add a new market to a new segment of the market to, to our, our customer base. And that's usually a, a lower price point, right? So they're going after, instead of enterprise, they're going after the SMB market. And to do that, they need to have a lower cost of sale. They can't do a demo for every, every mm -hmm. customer because those customers won't pay the same amount as the enterprise customers. So 
that's when they're like, okay, well, we need to do an, a, a product-led growth motion. And mostly they usually, like, they're totally new to it and they're like, I don't know what to do. Our team doesn't understand this. We have to think about the pricing um, and, and understand that. And we've got to re-engineer a few things. We now need to have a self-service sign-up flow. Um, we need to be able to um, support credit card payments. Maybe they don't necessarily support credit card payments um, in their current form. So there's a lot of different pieces that um, they will be looking for from that perspective. Did I answer your question? Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, so uh, I'm going to coin a new term here, and you probably heard it uh, on the air for the first time, CJO, Customer Journey Optimization. That's too mouthful for me. I'll just call it as a CJO. Uh, I do. So all, the, <laughs> all you heard it here for the first time. Uh, so Audrey, as uh, as you um, as the startups are building towards, let's say they have SLG and now they're adding PLG, and you come in and you advise them about, hey, how do you lower the cost, you know, cost of acquisition, if you will, uh, you know, take out all these demos, make it self serve, enable uh, automatic signups, auto automatic, you know, pricing plans. What is their biggest hurdle? Um, what do you see? You know, are the tools missing in, in, in this particular spectrum? Uh, are they not able to stitch them together? You know, there are just too many tools available. There are all point solutions. Uh, what is the biggest pain, if you will, as they want to enable PR? I'm thinking purely in terms of a startup trying to implement this PLG motion uh, and you sitting down with them. Is it the data problem? Is it the stitching of the tools? Is it you know, is it just even the understanding of, hey, this is how it needs to be done? Where are the biggest, you know, if, if you will, maybe the top three or four, you know, according to according to you? Maybe some learnings uh, in working with the customers as well. Yeah, so I think one of the biggest problems is probably not one that they verbalize um, internally. Mm. But if you think about the makeup of a tr tr traditional startup team, They've got engineering, they've got product, they've got marketing, they've got customer success, um, and maybe they've got, you know, obviously other, other roles. But each of these particular roles has, like people that are in these roles have a defined set of skills and they usually don't have the other sets of skills that each of the other teams do, right? Um, and thinking through this product-led motion requires both business savvy and technical savvy. And that's our secret sauce at Unlocking Growth. We only bring in people who have that, that mix um, because, and we, and we engage at the C-suite all the way through down to the technical implementation because implementing that kind of motion requires thinking through all those things, but also knowing what's possible and what's not possible and taking that through to implementation. So, um, and, and it requires a, a, a systematic thought process, which is not in every, you know, every team member as well. So if you don't have this systemic thinking, um, it's really hard because we, we go through and we say, okay, well, what does the customer journey look like? And we do that, you know, we map that out into swimland diagrams, you know, going back mm -hmm. to my, analysis days um, and then we're like okay 
for that process, what are the events that we need to, and what's the data that we need? What's the data that we need from not just an analytics perspective, but also an activation perspective? Do we need this data to be pushed into um, marketing automation tool so that we can include that field in an email? Um, and the other side of it is actually, if you don't know what's possible, you can't be creative and you can't, and most people aren't creative enough to think about how they could tackle that customer journey. So, so they're kind of the, some of the, the key um, challenges that they may not have verbalized, but I think it, it all amounts to, I don't know what to do. Got it. So maybe uh, if I could summarize it, I'm not realizing it, but you know, even though they might have a buy-in across the board, all from the executive suite to the developers, to the engineering team, the product management team, what's difficult for them is to actually sit down together and have these cross skills because growth apparently seems to be, you know, it's just not just sales or marketing. They're not siloed. They all have to come together, stitch together. Uh, and I think what you do is, you know, probably wonderful for them. You know, you sit down with them, create a, you know, entire you know, map of things that needs to happen, which might be even hypothesis in the beginning, right? You know, at least for someone who's not achieved PMF, saying that, hey, from here, let's go to here, let's go here, and then start managing, you know, th those events. Uh, but I think, you know, that's probably it. That's probably, you know, bringing all of them together, getting them on the same page that, hey, this is how we want to go build a larger experiment towards it. Uh, yeah, and there's, there's a new, you know, you talked about the new term, CJO. There's another yeah. new term that we have coined, which is the customer journey architect. So ah. that is that person that helps bring everyone together and support everyone else's needs. They're kind of the plumber and um, the strategist in one. So it's, and, and we've implemented that, We've actually trained, we actually have a training course. So we have a train, we've trained mm -hmm. people in our clients and then those people have then taken on roles of customer journey architect. Um, the, the, the closest role that exists out there already um, in that, um, in the space is probably called growth product manager. Mm, okay. So you, uh, you act as the virtual CJO office or the virtual growth product manager role and you bring uh, everyone together is that what uh, what I can describe as in general yeah, yeah pretty much uh, and we run customer journey optimization projects um, mm -hmm. I would say we, I, I referenced the customer funnel earlier I say pick two stages of, of the funnel and we focus on that for this the first CJO project can't do everything at once would love yep. to but you've got to focus so yeah <laughs> Um, on that on that notion of can't do everything at once, typically how long uh, do you think a startup, especially who have crossed a Series A, uh, you know, marker, they have, let's say they have the money and they have all the people, you know, to go build something like this. How long does it usually take for them to A, understand the concept uh, and figure out, you know, in, in probably in phases on how to implement CJO across the board? Is it in, in, the, in, in a matter of months? Is it a matter of days? Yeah, so it's what's the duration without us and what's the duration yeah. with us, right? Yeah, maybe. So yeah. with us, it's a four-month project okay. um, and we, we split that into two months of design and um, two months of implementation. Without us, 
um, usually takes companies about 18 months. 18 months. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Uh, so I know we are almost out of time. So Audrey, um, maybe a last question. How do people reach out to you? Uh, yeah, you can contact me at Audrey at unlockinggrowth.co or go to our website, unlockinggrowth.co and um, fill out the contact form. Okay. Well, thank you. Uh, thank you, Audrey, so much for your valuable time. You know, team, uh, you've heard it, you know, CJO, that's the new new term that we're going to use forever now. And to all <laughs> our listeners, if you've enjoyed the discussion uh, or want to contact Audrey directly, I will also put her, uh, you know, her contact details in the show notes. Uh, please leave your comments uh, on the podcasting platform as well. Your feedback makes a difference. If you have any good other topics or good people that we should go talk to, uh, to refer back, back to them. Again, stay tuned for more insights, guests and demos. Until next time, keep thriving. Thanks, Guru.